It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Well, we did it. It's Friday night. We made it. Congratulations. It's Carcon Carne. I'm James Van Osel on the show tonight, sponsored by our friends at Siren Records in McHenry. I go there a lot. I say this a lot. I'll probably be there between now and Record Store Day, but obviously you want to go on Record Store Day. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering out loud, would it be too meta to buy an Alkaline Trio record in McHenry, where they're from? Uh, from here to infirmity infirmary is coming out on vinyl for record store day also the uh double lp village of the damned soundtrack the john carpenter soundtrack fully realized that's what i'm gunning for for record store day anyway get your records on record store day get your records period by going to siren records in mchenry my guest tonight no stranger to records no stranger to making music for decades running vinnie fiorello uh we first came to know you through less than jake mm. in the present day we know you as an inevitable and to explain the inevitables, it is both an art and music project based on a group of nobodies trying to save the world. And let's start there. First off, not a group of nobodies. Uh, yes. It seems like your post less than Jake career has been far from quiet. No, I mean, it's here's the thing that there's a bucket list that I had been just kind of ticking off going, I really wish I had time for this. I really wish I had time to do this. But when you're on a schedule of, you know, let's say four to six months on tour, right? Then coming home and then I co-own a tattoo shop in, in Gainesville and I have paper and plastic I do a bunch of stuff with. Uh, those bucket list things start to pile up, pile up, and the time starts to dwindle down, dwindle down, dwindle down. And after I left uh, Less Than Jake, first and foremost, I became a dad that was there all the time, not part-time dad, full-time dad where... Yeah, okay, I'm gonna pick up from school and we're gonna hang out and do homework. And that wasn't just when I was off tour, that was all the time. And I'm sure there's some other dads that are like, Welcome to the club, dude. Like this is like what I did, what I've been doing. But it was important for me and new for me, you know, because when we had uh our daughter, I was on tour the entire time, you know. So it's hard. That's really hard. Well, I, I wanted to. I wanted to know my daughter when she was not like a crazy teenager, right? I wanted at a moment for her to go, yeah, like my dad was here and was still around, you know, on my birthday, and, and you know, did this for his birthday, and I missed a lot of holidays being on tour, and I, I did also a lot of amazing things by being on tour. So it's not a poor, pitiful me type scenario. I love being on tour. I, I loved. Uh, the people that came to see Less Than Jake, man. It was a community that, you know, I, I had started it uh, with Chris, uh, the singer-guitar player, and I left 27 years later. I did the majority, 98.9% of the lyrics. So being there and hearing the words that I wrote and experiencing, you know, huge festival stages in Europe and Japan and traveling for 27 years that that was a beautiful thing but it was time to be a dad but it was also time to write a book and write more music and do a whole lot of other crazy and cool things 
I, I love the entrepreneurship and you've had your hands in so many things and you continue to, uh, since we're starting with less than Jake, just to put a bow on it, this was not an acrimonious split. This was you just saying, I, I need to do this. I need to focus on this part of my life. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, so, you know, not, not to bring down a Friday night, but uh, I had broke my foot and tore some tendons. It was my kick drum foot. That was in February. And that was the start of our touring cycle all the way through to September. And taking that ability to be mobile on tour took everything like great away from being on tour besides actually playing music for that hour and a half. Right. And it really mentally started to build up where, you know, very, as it started to go on, I started to get more and more, you know, depressed about not being home Mm -hmm. and being out on tour, but not enjoying being on tour. And at the end of Warp Tour, uh, that was the last year of Warp Tour besides the couple one-offs, but uh, I went, this is this is probably not for me. And I, I was going to finish the year out, but then our trombone player buddy went, what's, what's up? What's wrong? You seem disconnected. And I was like, that, then, yeah, this is, this is where I'm, my head is at with it, right? And uh, to put a bow on it, uh, it was something that I needed to do for future me. That, you know, when I'm 60 and my daughter's a teenager and leaving, I could go back and go, I, I was a fucking good dad and I was present, you know? And I was there for a whole lot of like good shit and a whole lot of bad shit. I'm hoping that's not a lot of like bad shit, but I I wanted to be there. I wanted to go yeah, th- th- this is it. You know, I only have one daughter. I don't plan on having any more kids. And it's that I, I want to be, I want it to be right. I don't get a second shot. Like I have friends that are like, I fucked the first one up, but the second kid was great. was great. You know, <laughs> and I did all the right things uh, for the second, for the second and third kid or second kid. And another guy that w- has been in, you know, it's a, a legendary punk band. I won't say who it was, but you know, he's a new dad, but also has uh, some older kids. He went, you got to be there. You got to be there. And, you know, when all is said and done, all you have is family. Uh, and make sure make sure that, you know, that's in line. And and I did. I took it to heart. And when when I left, it was bittersweet. You know, still to this day, if I'm if I see something online and it's live of a song that, you know, it's the lyrics. Right. And it it sends that moment of like, Oh, I'm not there. And there's that separated part of the complete picture. That's, Mm -hmm. that's not there, you know? And, but the world goes on and the community goes on and the songs still get played. And that's, that's a beautiful thing as well. I'm getting weird. weird Maybe it's on your end. No, I don't hear it at all. Uh, I've always perceived touring as, as, as awesome as it is, as fun as it can be. I've always perceived coming off the road as like a deep sea diver needing to decompress slowly to not get the bends. Like you, you, you can't just go from I'm off the bus, honey, I'm home. Like you almost need like a, a like a neutral period in between those two life experiences. Yeah. And, and, and there's not right. You're, you're home. And now, now it's turned for your wife or husband, whatever it is, to 
have a breath because you are home. Instead of a single parent, it's a, a unit, right? And my wife, when I left, was a single parent, right? So mm -hmm. when I came in, I was jumping into the deep end, like no matter what, no wading in. And not only that, I would come home and I have paper and plastic records. I was doing toys and other things and releasing records uh, for other bands, but also the tattoo shop where I'm at, we have to check in and sit down and make sure that putting out this fire and talking about the future of what this is going to be. And it never stopped. And not that that's a bad thing. It's just became, I, I need some time to do the things that I really want to do being a dad, being the first one, but, you know, doing a book, which I did, 619. It was a book of short stories. I also finished a, a novel that's in my second edit right now from the editor. So we'll see. Are, are you one of those guys that always has to be doing something, always has to have something creative going? Like yeah. you, you have a hard time being dormant? I, I think that early on, well, not early on, but in my mid-20s, I went to the doctor. I had really bad headaches. And doctor went, let's get an MRI and let's see what's up. And I, it came back and the doctor said, you know, you have this, this pituitary tumor. And it, it could make you go blind and it could be bad and you have to take this medicine for it. And it shook me to the core about what am I going to do? How am I going to be known and remembered? And it took this hyper drive of creativity. And I've always had like my hands in some things, but as soon as that happened, it was a pull cord and, and jumped out of, of the plane, you know, and, and went, I will do everything and I will, I will love doing everything. And, and I did, and I still do. So we're, you're in the tattoo studio as we're talking right now. I heard the phone ringing in the background. Is it stressful to try and do an interview while you're trying to run operations there? No, I, everybody just left, right? So uh, that that call probably was someone like, hey, I just had a couple margaritas and I, I would love to come and get a tattoo. But uh, our, our hours, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of parents here as well. So uh, we, we end usually between 9 and 9.30 and... Now I'm, I'm here alone in, in the tattoo shop. So fantastic. Yeah. I mean, do you have people coming in just to like gawk at you and be like, Pezcor? Like, <laughs> Some, just sometimes, sometimes there's a few people who uh, do that. There was one kid who drove through the night from Ohio to come because he knew I was going to be off tour. And he also knew from my social media that I would be in the tattoo shop and he drove all the way through the night, got here, got a less than Jake tattoo, <laughs> got me to sign it and then got the signature tattooed underneath it. How does that make you feel? You know what? Awesome. Yeah. You know, th there's a lot of people that are like, you know, I feel uncomfortable and it's weird. I don't, it's been 27 years. And if I could get that guy's name tat tattooed on me, going, that's the guy who drove from Ohio. I'm going to put it right here and not be a total lunatic about it. Like I, I would do it because I feel that, you know, oh. a, as a, a fan of music and a fan of art, I am a fanboy. Like for, you know, when I meet somebody and go, Oh my God, like I love what you've done and what you do. 
And I, I know that feeling. I know that that feeling of this is so important to me. These songs are important to me. The community is important to me. And I'm going to do it because I, I'm that way too. You know, and we met Billy Bragg. I'm not sure if you know who, who oh, that Come on, was. Waiting for the Great Leap Forward, one of the first songs I played on college radio. Fucking love Billy Bragg. You know, we, ha we had a moment while recording this record, Anthem, and he was playing in uh, New Orleans where, where we were recording. And uh, I love Billy Bragg. That's oh my God. Like, that's uh, inspiration. But we hung around afterwards and I was so awkward and weird that we were trying to ask him to sing on uh, one of the songs, which he did, uh, which was awesome. Uh, Brightest Ball was burned out, but I was fanboy. I like full fanboy. Like, oh my God, this is, this is crazy. I can't believe it. And there it is, man. Like, I know that feeling because I am that way too. Like, it just is what it is. Do you do that thing where you say to yourself before meeting someone like Billy Bragg, Okay, be cool. Don't fuck this up. Be cool. Don't fuck this up. No, I go, you're going to fuck it up. But just like, <laughs> just, just like roll with it. Who cares? So, so I, I fuck it up, though. I roll with it. So the Inevitables, tell me what this is. This was kickstarted. You, it was. You, which, it was. I mean, is there anything more punk rock than a community-enabled art project? I, I don't think so. I, I think that early on, I knew that we were going to crowdfund it some way, shape, or form. And we thought that coming out of kind of nowhere, no one knew what it was. We weren't teasing it and just going, hey, this is what it is. This is what we've been doing. Thought that crowdfunding was just the way to go, right? But uh, to go back a little bit, maybe about five years ago, Less Than Jake was on tour in Japan and in a fevered, like weird dream of walking around and being jet lagged and, and looking for coffee, I thought, I would love to do a record and not doing like sort of like a rock opera, like a, a Green Day would do or, or whoever, but I want to do the music that would be a soundtrack to the comic book. And I went, okay, cool. Like wrote it down. I had the idea about, you know, the inevitables. It was a little bit longer title then, but okay, this is what it is. And kind of scribbled notes down and got my head together. And then we left Japan to go to Hawaii and me and JR, uh, less than Jake Sachs player, went out for coffee. And after that uh, string of shows, we were gonna go home and start writing a, a new record for less than Jake. And I went to him, I go, you know what? I have this crazy idea. Like it's this and this and this, and it's a soundtrack to a comic book. It would allow us to sort of branch out under the umbrella of what we do to kind of hit different styles for, for these things. And he looked at me over coffee. He was like, I, I, I don't get it. And I went, all right, you know, you don't get it, you know, and that's cool. I have notebooks full of things that other people don't get and that are just written there. And it was, it was forever gone and uh, in a notebook. And I was cool with that. I wrote some lyrics for it and everything, but uh my friend Obi from Westbound Train, after I left Less Than Jake, you know, we would talk, you know, uh, every couple of days. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, this and this and this and this. And then maybe after a month and a half, he went, what are you doing? And I went, <laughs> you know, I'm doing this. He's like, no, but like, what are you doing musically? I go, I'm not doing anything musically. I like kind of, you know, like swore it off. He goes, but really, what do you have that, that thing? And I said, I have this idea 
we didn't use it and this is what it is. He goes, you have lyrics? I go, yeah. He goes, send them over. So I sent him over. He goes, I have the perfect person to help us with this, Alex Stern from Big D and the Kids Table. And I went, okay, whatever. Two days later, I get a, a, a almost realized, almost fully realized demo of a song called Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And I went, this is fucking great, man. And I, you know, I laid everything on the line and we decided, okay, we're going to start writing for this. We're going to start figuring out how to do the comic book. We're going to start just writing the record. But early on, we decided that it wasn't just going to be that record. It was going to be EPs and other bands that were in the world, which we did. Who will meet me at the gates is another band, but, and it's completely different style, but uh, us three wrote it and Zach from this band called the pairs sung on it. Uh, but that's literally a band taken from the comic book that's the, in the story, pulled it out, and we wrote songs for them. So you could tell what it was. This so, is high concept. When I first heard the concept, I, maybe you're a little younger than me. I don't know. But I, when I was a kid, I remember Power Records, which were seven-inch singles. And it was there were soundtracks and like performances of Marvel and DC comic books that you'd follow along with. That's the first thing I thought when I heard about The Inevitables. This it, is very it, different, but... I, I like the idea of following along with the graphic novel and the vinyl or digital, whatever. And we, we wanted it to be this thing where, okay, the music is kind of, you have a vibe off of it, but here's the plot, right? And here's sort of the overarching story and characters. And we wanted it to meet, right? So someone reads the comic book and has the music and goes, okay, I understand it. You know, where it takes place at any point in time, Fort Lauderdale and Fort Lauderdale in our case. And sometimes in real life, it has this sort of grime in paradise thing where mm-hmm. it's like dirty and old and there's a lot of crime, but it's beautiful and the sunsets and there's, you know, these, uh, you know, multi-million dollar houses that are on the beach and it becomes this sort of uh, the have versus the have nots. Mm-hmm. And that's what we, that's if we dropped right into that, we went, there it is. It's the haves versus the have-nots. But now we started mixing in some street-level drugs and some other things about 40 days left uh, of the world, you know, and, and these group of nobodies trying to save the world. So uh, it's it just, it just wild considering that we knew that we were going to world build early on. So we decided that we're going to do dub versions and we decided that we're going to do spoken word and we decided that we're going to do you know other eps and invite a bunch of guests and and we've done that and we have a lot more that we actually have recorded that between now and february of 2022 it'll be uh the inevitables pretty much Uh, we'll bounce around a little bit because you just recently released the versions ep which is six new versions of the American me and me. If you're not paying attention, they really do sound like six different songs that, on, on purpose. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's mind blowing. Uh, great. Again, with Dr. Ringding, that voice. Yeah. Oh man. That, that Scott mind. dance hall voice. Yeah. So wow. deep and gruff. That, that's yeah. a great way to kick that off. Uh, you also have blueprint. I think is my favorite of, of the bunch. 
yeah, it's a, a good. A good. It, it has uh, Linvel Goulding from the specials uh, doing the hook, and then it has Pierce Freelon doing uh, the spoken word. And uh, it, we we didn't really kind of in the back of our brain didn't go like, okay, it has to be kind of fun, you know. And we didn't give any limitations or kind of guidance. But what came back were these like politically charged like yeah. versions of these songs. And it was just timely and so cool to get back. And when everybody was on this kind of collective consciousness of these are the important things that we need to talk about. It was cool, man. Well, I was listening to the EP last, I think it was last weekend. It was like 80 degrees in Chicago, windows down, driving down Lakeshore Drive, listening to more power. I'm like, hearing the bass on that i'm like this is exactly what i want to be listening to in weather like this this is just the right right vibe right everything i i think so and uh you know thankful i'm I'm thankful for the outlet of the inevitables right like where we go we want to do you know a rap tinge thing we want to do a dance hall super guttural dance hall reggae and uh it, it it lends itself to all of it and that's and that's what we if you go if you take the pin and you go all the way to the beginning that was the important thing to do that there's an umbrella of ska music and reggae music and punk music and we want to do all of it and we are and they've always all worked very well together that that venn diagram has always been very clear brilliant that 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 diagram is brilliant (laughs) and i i love just the the full-bodied vision of this it, you're not just pumping music onto Spotify here. It's, it is this immersive almost experience. And, and, you know, two, two things that will lend itself even more. So I think that uh, next week we have an animated video for Mr. Bored to death uh, off LP one. Right. So that's coming out and it's, it gives that like motion to the comic that you go, I understand it now. If, if you're not a comic book person that you are, are passionate about it, when you see that, you'll understand what we're going for. Then be, beyond that, I, I think that uh, we're doing the Florida Man origin story, and the art is, is in the color phase now. All the inks are done, uh, but we're doing it in that, uh, a massive uh, newspaper format, right? So, like... When you open it up, it's going to be these like sprawling pictures and, and layout and colors, but it's all going to be in a huge full full size newspaper. But you know, go through so as as is befitting for Florida, man. It it it, it really is, and it's also kind of fitting for for something about the end of the world, right? Like you want to have extra extra read all about your your fuck in 40 days. <laughs> so as you're describing this for people who haven't experienced anything about the inevitables yet, I mean, this is like catnip for dudes. You're talking about comics. You're talking about music. You're talking about all this stuff. I mean, what's not to love? You know what? We have, we have some resin toys of Florida man, and we have like some masks that we're going to do when we have a whole set, but it's geared towards the things that I like and we like, right? It's, music and it's art and it's toys and it's the whole universe that we're trying to build. And sometimes you're like, wow, that that's heavy. That's a heavy lift. And other times you're like, this is brilliant. The freedom that it's allowing is 
a, a, a godsend, man. Like, and where you go, we want to do this. All right, cool. Let's let's do it, and let's try to do it. You have to love a project that gives you the ability to play a festival or do C two E two. Really, either one makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Either, either is viable for the inevitables. You, you, you know what's crazy is that we haven't played our first show yet. Obviously, COVID, right? And uh, but when we do, it, the, the 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 insanity will be brought because we started to kind of formulate what that's going to look like and what that's going to be. And it, it's definitely a festival environment type thing. You know, like maybe it'll be cool in a small club, but it's going to be super cool on a large stage. I'm sure as you've been sheltering in place-ish over the past 14 months, you've just been mad scientisting, scientisting all kinds of shit. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, I think by the time this is, if all goes well, by the time that February of 2022 comes, we'll have 50 songs out. And, Amazing. Uh, three full-length comic books, and two origin stories. That's prolific. That's fairly prolific. It's, it's, we've, we've been going at, at breakneck speed, man. So it, to slow it down, just for people who are watching or listening to catch up, I, I mentioned the versions EP um, versus the Youth City Sound System came out at the beginning of the year. And then moving forward, you just said there's, it's just the, the floodgates are open. The floodgates will be opening. Uh, we have uh, two lovers rock reggae songs that will we're going to announce the label that it's going to be on, but it's on another label. It's not on Specimen, so we're going to do a forty-five of that. And then beyond that, we've been working on another uh, where it's the flip. Uh, it's U City Sound System versus the Inevitables. So it's a little bit of a different style and a different vibe, but still the same songwriters. Uh, we've been working on that with the guests and, and the features that are coming along with that. Writing uh, LP2, and then from that we have three other songs that we're going to be doing split seven inches with. Uh, the songs come. the The first LP1 is coming out in Japan uh, in June. There's a split seven inch with a Japanese band called The Redemption that's also happening at the same time. So. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot, a lot. And I've got to think as you're navigating through getting your stuff out there, I, you certainly know the, the business. You certainly know the independent distribution side yeah. from your history. I, <laughs> it, can we talk a little bit about your label history? Sure. Sure. Uh, I, I mean, you created a label. I mean, obviously you left Fueled by Ramen in the mid-aughts, but you created a label that continues to reverberate. I mean, you really did with that label with the artist that you launch with you kind of shaped the sound of pop music not pop music popular music for the better part of the century you, you know what that, that's very kind of you and the the beautiful thing is my partner in that john janik who, who now is is the head of a, a major right uh but he was i explained feel by ramen in a way of that of yin and yang right where I was an artist and a creative, but still dabbled in business. And he was a business dude that dabbled in creative. And it was a perfect storm. It was this yin and yang. And it balanced so perfectly that we just started to go. And we were lucky in the respect of not only finding some talent, but being brought really good talent from other managers and labels and, uh, and things. And it really helped. 
early on, we were firmly in the sort of pop punk element. We were putting out pop punk records and Less Than Jake was touring and we were kicking those bands and selling those records. And it was a, a very cool, uh, a, a nice parallel sort of thing that was happening. But then we found a few bands and those bands found a few other bands <laughs> and uh, that, that parallel ceased and it just rocketed, you know, ricocheted really, and then rocketed out. And uh, with, with Fuel By, again, it, it was an amazing thing, but when it was time to go, it was time to go. And you left on your own terms. That's it. You know what? I, I find, I find as I, I get older that I, I like leaving on, on, on my own terms and, and I don't want to, uh, sort of overstay when, when people overstay, I, I kind of go like, aren't you reading the room, man? Like, like you gotta go. Like, and for me, I, I never want to be in that, like the headspace of dude, this is enough Vinny. You gotta go. Right. And I, I never wanted to be that way. And I'm not saying that it would be, but I, I like if I feel that the, the rope is at the end and it's knotted, well, why, why am I holding on to the knot? Like, just let go. And then so we're going to see what's going to happen. Well, you've managed through the years, you know, I'm, I'm recording this in Chicago. Uh, you've managed through the years to uh, bring up, help, support, launch some great Chicago bands. I mean, Fall Out Boy is obvious, but I think yeah. about Flatfoot 56, Flatfoot 56 on paper great and plastic. Uh, it was great a great band. band. Great. Obviously, you know, they didn't reach Fall Out Boy levels, but, no, but what but, a what a monster songwriter! Yeah, I mean, uh, a Flatfoot, so so good. But like for me, Chicago is is one of the epicenters of 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 melodic punk music. Mm -hmm. It will always be, and I don't know what it is. Like you know, uh, if it's in the water or if it's in the air or if it's the winter like temperatures, but there's great bands. And there always is great bands and there always will be. I mean, even on that, like the, the lower part of it, uh, the, the younger band, right? You have rematch that I'm helping out. And uh, uh, when the sun sets also that I'm helping out, right? But on a lost music collective, which is separate from paper and plastic, but pop punk label, right? And you have... Uh, one of my favorite bands, one of my favorite songwriters, A.M. Paxi. And oh. like, and for for me, I, that's just going to show, I, I work with A.M. Paxi, but it just goes to show you that it's it's in the bloodstream, the DNA, to write good fucking songs and and be great bands in the Chicagoland area. It's, it's nuts. Well, I, I've always heard it described, or one of the secrets to what makes Chicago work musically, we're a woodshedder's town. Yeah, the winters completely suck, and that's when everyone is indoors working on their craft, writing their songs, recording. Uh, and that all said, I'm expecting the equivalent of a baby boom coming out of this pandemic musically. Yeah. If, that, if that's the way winters are in Chicago, holy shit, the past 13 months have to be leading up to something. Yeah, you know what? It, it, it's crazy, but, you know, what what you're saying really like kind of brings me back. There's one band that I really like from Chicago and, and their younger band uh, till morning. Right. Mm -hmm. and the, the thing for me, like the principal songwriter is a graphic designer and the, and not only graphic designer, but a tattoo artist. 
and you know he's in the band he does things and for me that's a that dude right there in that band is a perfect example of Chicago, like Chicago yes. musician. Devin Parker, great, great dude. Yes, I'm glad that you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I love Till Morning. Uh, you actually are more aware of what's going on in Chicago music than a lot of people, and you're not in Chicago. That's what's so cool about you. <laughs> I, I, but, love, I, I wish I could be. I, I think I should be at least like an honorary Chicago. I think you are at this point. I think I think you've you've earned that. Uh, so, do you, do you, you must enjoy the business aspect somewhat of being involved in indie labels. Otherwise, paper and plastic wouldn't wouldn't have ever been a thing. You know what I I like being creative. I I am not over the moon about like sort of everything else that goes along with it, but it's a necessary evil, right? So, like what I do love and I'm passionate about is music and art and creatives. And uh, if at the end of the day, everything goes away, right? And I'm sitting in Gainesville, walking on a fucking like weird prairie with my wife, going to look at bison, which happened a couple of days ago. Sweet. But, uh, then that's cool, man. I look back and go like the passion I had for the arts and for music and for punk rock, that, that it, it was all worth it and, and cool and i could i could walk away and feel great about like uh what the legacy uh, uh that's left in in the wake you know i have a lot of musicians who watch who listen to this podcast who've all been you know past 13 months has been the shit show to end all shit shows what what this is a broad question Vinny. forgive me but what what advice what would you tell those musicians and exiting the pandemic heading into this new normal. What's the best business or career advice you can give a fledgling band? Well, I mean, besides doing what you're passionate about, number one, right. But it, I think that if the pandemic taught anyone, anything in, in the line of creatives is that they're not, they're putting too much emphasis on socials, which I think is great, but they're not putting enough, like sort of direction to digital content, virtual content. And it was a scramble to like do, oh, we're going to do, you know, uh, a live music cast and everything like that. But you should have been able to do like a walkthrough of your practice space already. You should have been able to do a walkthrough of a gallery of all your art. And you should have been able to go there and people follow how you're writing music and step by step and by step. If there's anything for younger bands who have this like sort of, you know, that that passion and drive still and not are like trying to scramble for to, to make rent or do whatever. But if you have the time and the effort and a solid gig, you should be digging into digital content right now because you never know when the next COVID is going to happen. You don't know when the next lockdown is going to be around the corner. You don't know what sort of this metadata that's out in the world already, it's all of a sudden it's gonna have a different algorithm and shove everything to your website or do something. Like mm -hmm. you have to do it, right? You have to get some headspace into it. Great advice. All right, so the inevitables uh, to to lock into all the stuff that has happened and all the stuff that is coming, uh, where should people direct their energy, Vinny? Uh, the inevitables dot world. Dot world. 
yeah. a dot com simply isn't big enough for what you're doing. No, of course not. It's 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 the it's the world that we're living in, man. So it's important that it, that's what it was. Are you closing up shop? No, I'm I'm actually plugging my computer in so I don't lose you. <laughs> oh, got, gotcha. I was going to say that would be the best symbolic way to wrap up this episode. <laughs> well, light lights out. Good night, everybody. Yeah. Have a good good night, Gainesville. All right. So Vinny, stay on the line right there. The inevitables. I, I love what you're doing. I love the high concept, the this like 360 immersive thing you have going. Super cool stuff. And like I said, I mean, just vibing on Lakeshore Drive in Chicago to more power. I'm like, oh, I get this. Yeah. This, this is so right on. I, I am glad is what I am. Thank you. Thank you All right. Stay right there. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. We're going to end the uh, live stream.